0: And enjoy the podcast. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to the Black Psychologist Podcast presented by the Black Psychologist Network. The Let's Get Some Perspective edition, where we react and analyze viral vids making their way across social media and the internet. I am one half of your humble and gracious host, Dr. Kyle Osborne. He is I, and I am him. And of course, You all know I'm not flying this aircraft by myself. I'm joined by New Jersey's finest, the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. My friend, my brother, my brethren, my colleague, Dr. Jason Coleman. What is going on, good brother?
1: It's good, bro. Happy New Year, man. Happy New Year to you, brother. Yeah, happy New Year to everybody else, too, man. Just Again, 2024, got new things going on. So, we're going to push that, but we appreciate everybody that's riding with us and especially all the new uh, subscribers, new people on board. And um, thank you for going back and checking out the old episodes, too. Appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, to all the folks, definitely locking in with us over the year. And this is uh, your first time. We definitely appreciate the um And like you said, it's 2024, Jay, here we are, bro.
1: Yeah, man. It's a new year, man. You know. Think oh, everybody started, got, those, got those resolutions right Yeah know?
0: Talked about that the other one right Getting them <laughs> yeah. Everybody should have been listening to us Because if you listen Dr. J and I We did a whole episode On how to make those resolutions stick mm. Definitely catch up If, you, uh, if you're uh having some difficulty Maintaining that resolution that you came up with Dr. J and I had the perfect recipe On how to maintain that uh And how to achieve
1: those resolutions you know? Yeah man. We got a little bit, a couple pointers on how to stick to your goals. Listen, so what's bro, going bro. on? What's going on with you, man? How's the new year treating you so far? Not bad, man. Not bad. It's cold out there. Oh, <laughs> it's, free, it's freezing in Jersey, bro. We already we talked about that. Man. Yeah,
0: yeah. Nah, I'm I'm not a. Even though I'm born and raised in Philly, bro, I, I'm not a. I don't like the cold and the snow. People can't drive in it, and you know what I mean. Like it just.
1: a black I ice, to... the black ice is terrible, man. Everybody got got to stay safe. Like, yeah. I was sliding a little bit today, you know? It's crazy,
0: bro. Even walking, man. Your, your life will flash before your eyes. You do that little the little slip.
1: Yeah, that's even... Listen, walking, I don't want to say it's even worse, but you know what I mean. Because like, you're you going to get recorded, you know? I can't but, go out like that, Jack. I can't. Man, I can't go out like that either. I got to come
0: up with a whole story. If I fall on ice, I'm coming up with a whole elaborate story, how I got jumped or something. Like, I can't go... <laughs>
1: You know, I'll tell you. I'll tell you at another time. But listen, way before these phones and before you could go viral in that way, I took a nasty spill. You know, in my days down that hill on Sixth Street in Howard University. Everybody, anybody who has been at Howard know about that hill. But it was black ice on it, and I took a man, bro. That was if that was now, I would, It would have went viral. It was bad. Books went one way. I went the other way. <laughs> But yeah, it was one of those days, you know. He <laughs> yeah, had the sitcom falls. <laughs> yeah, man, I parked on the, on the hill, and I'm running. I'm trying to call myself running the class. Slam the door, and my momentum slamming the door kind of took me right under the car. Though
0: crazy. Now, that ice is undefeated. I don't want no. I want Yeah, no, you know. but listen, 2024 while we were gone, uh, started off heated. Real, and I keep telling you, anytime we take a break, stuff wants to pop off. <laughs> That's my conspiracy theory. That's the story I'm coming up in my brain. That's what anytime we take some time off for the holiday or whatever the case may be, um, something happens.
1: People have some stuff to get off the chest.
0: Seriously. Yeah, absolutely. So um, if you haven't viewed it or you haven't watched it or heard, or whatever the case may be, um yeah. 2024 came in hot with the uh cat Williams interview with Club Shay Shay. So, shout out to um Shannon Sharp, Unk for uh, and Club Shay Shay, everybody over there. That interview was doing like massive numbers. Like, uh, that is just, I mean, there's something like at 50 million now, and it, it hit like two or three million like within the first 24 48 hours. So, yeah, it was crazy. He's doing numbers. So, shout out to them. Um, but yeah, it came in hot cat Williams sat down with uh with Unc and uh he had a lot of things to get off his chest so uh for um and we're going to play him really quick and and get some uh analysis on it so we had to short- shorten the uh the clips for brevity and clarity purposes cuz we'd be here all day trying you know trying to capture everything that he was, that he uh, that he was talking about but uh get a nice little clip here for you guys and uh, give a, a quick rundown but first, he started off talking, uh, talking about Cedric. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into that real quick.
2: Dana stole his jokes. 1998. I'm doing this joke, it's on Comic View. Cedric comes to the Comedy Store. He watches me in the audience. He comes backstage. He tells me what a great job I did and how much he loves the joke. Two years later, he's doing that as his last joke on the Kings of Comedy. And he's doing it verbatim. He's just changed my car into a spaceship. Him and Steve had already apologized for me, so I gave him a pass for a decade why would you sit here and be like i talked to i saw a cat 30 times i would have bust cedric's stomach <laughs> there was nothing that would have kept me from one of these in in that patch right there like are you kidding me why would you downplay me like that
0: all right and that's uh so that, that was one part of it all right and speaking to steve he, he gets at Steve also. Hold on, we'll get into that real quick. Are you talking about
1: Steve Harvey? Yes, sir. Hold on, I tell my man went in. Hold on, it was too long. Like I couldn't watch the whole thing. I think it was three hours. Yeah, it was. He was talking. He was getting. He was going in. Right. also spoke
0: about
2: Steve Harvey. The same Steve that went to go watch Mark Curry do his whole sitcom and then stole everything Mark Curry had. Now, Steve got a sitcom where he the principal, and he wear a suit, and he and then he gets this high top fade, making all black men think he got the best lineup in the business, and it's a man unit. <laughs> then you ask him, why you not a movie star? I didn't wanna be a movie star. This the same negro that hated on Bernie with this same thing. I didn't wanna be a movie star. No, you couldn't be a movie star. There are 30,000 new scripts in Hollywood every year. Not one of them asks for a country bumpkin black dude that can't talk good old became it and Look Like Mr. Potato Head, there ain't none.
1: You would have to have a range, all right. Of course, yeah, that's to... that's uh, that's a lot, it's a lot, right?
0: Now, uh, of course, um, he was talking about Kev too, so let, let me play a little quick thing about what
2: he said about Kev. In 15 years in Hollywood, no one in Hollywood has a memory of going to a sold out Kevin Hart show There being aligned for him ever getting a standing ovation at any Why comedy think- club. He already had his deals when he got here. Have we heard of a comedian that came to L.A. and in his first year in L.A. he had his own sitcom on network television and had his own movie called Soul Plain that he was leading? No, we've never heard of that before that person or since that person. What do you think a plant is maybe people don't understand the definitions of these words he just did his documentary with chris rock where he shows you that his whole upbringing in comedy was on the east coast yeah it was. so how simultaneously was he here in los angeles doing the same thing all right and the last joint i'm gonna play
0: because uh it was also talking about uh about Luda, ludicrous
2: Was going at everybody including ludicrous are you related to uh luda no um so there was a crossroads where we were both invited to an illuminati thing and it had to be one or the other of us and decisions had to be made so it was both of us we were equal one of us had to cut off all their hair and couldn't do the sideburn thing no more with the points and the next person they said was going to get $200 million because they were going to pay him $10 million a movie to do 20 movies. And that's how the conversation happened. One of those persons turned out to be ludicrous and the other person turned out to be Cat Williams. Now, <laughs> one person ended up with a light skinned, ugly faced wife that's never done a. Remember, I told you that if I say that it apply to seven people? Yeah. It's part
3: of what they give you.
0: uh there you go all right you know you know what this reminds me of jay
1: yeah i want to know your thoughts on it yeah
0: cat, cat is uh he he's the, the 50 cent of comedians right remember when um that's when, not a bad
1: that's not a bad no,
0: amount like remember when um remember when uh when, when 50 came out with how to rob right right
1: right, right, right everybody, right.
0: everybody. That's a different body. This is the comedic version of it. All
1: right. it That's a good analogy, man.
0: Like, this, this is what it is. Coming at I'm coming at everybody. All right. So let's let's get some perspective on this. Um, for me, I feel like Cat is looking for validation. Right? He he appears that he feels persecuted by his peers, right? Because if you look at the theme he talks about Cedric stealing his jokes uh elsewhere in the interview he was talking about Ricky Smiley um taking credit for like Money Mike or saying that he was supposed to be the original Money Mike in Friday after next uh and he talks about um how like Hollywood or his peers were trying to put him in movies that were um forcing him to wear a dress and Mark Curry stealing uh or no Steve Curry stealing Mark Curry's jokes so a lot of it is him talking about what took place, right? Like back in the day and how he was done wrong, how he was persecuted. And I feel like this was his opportunity for him to go on that platform and set the record straight and get validation, right? He talks about how he is as a better comedian than all of these, um, than all the people that he mentioned. He talks about how he beat Steve, Her- Steve Harvey, I think in a one-on-one in regards to like, it was like a comedy event it was like a face off or something rather uh back in Detroit like years and years ago. Um and that that's what it can it looks or appears to be for me. Like I get a different flavor. A lot of people were saying that he, that he's bitter, he's jealous, and I don't think that's the case. It just feels like he's looking for like vindication, right? He's looking to be validated um and that he's been holding on to a lot of these kind of you know feelings of being persecuted from the past. So that's what jumped off the page for me just kind of watching it all the way through about just kind of different things that he, he's looking for that validation. Um, how was it for you? What, what? I mean,
1: valid. It, de- it depends, right? I don't think he's looking for validation from the standpoint of he's funnier than them. I think he, in his mind, and I'm not even saying he's wrong because a lot of people love Cat Williams. He's <laughs> they day number one. So if he says he's better than Kevin Hart, Steve um, Harvey, subject the entertainer, I don't think, I think he went into that interview in his mind. I think he knows that, you know what I'm saying? Like, my point is, I don't think, I agree with the validation piece, but I don't necessarily think it's about him being funny. I think if you look at the people he mentioned, Kevin Hart has had like enormous, uh you know commercial success when we talk about movies right Mm -hmm. on the scale of like martin lawrence and eddie murphy like I'm, i'm he's probably made more money than i don't know who's made the most money but what i'm saying is he's been in that many movies and those big type movies with the rock and all of these people right so move him to the side steve harvey no he ain't never did a movie but he has like It was a point where he had like four shows at one one time, right? He had the best-selling book, right? Put him to the side. Cedric, kings of comedy, movies, shows, right? My point is all of these are things that I don't know that Cat Williams has had the same type of opportunities commercial-wise when we're talking about in the NBA, we talk about star and then Superstar. We all know Cat Williams is a star, right? but these guys that I just mentioned they're megastars according to the Forbes. Cat Williams is rich too, I'm not saying, but in their world, his I, we're just throwing out numbers, right? his three four million that he might make on tour. Kevin Hart probably made fifty million dollars last year. He went on tour with Chris Rock. he made movies. With you know, he might have made a hundred million last year yeah you know what i'm saying all of these guys that we that we're talking about so he might be talking about like he hasn't gotten the commercial validation in terms of the rewards for his you know what i mean contribution especially if you look at from his perspective he probably looks at like yo the culture is with him right because they like everybody love cat williams he's 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 played like one of the, um, one of these roles that can't be replaced. You know what I'm saying? Like we can't replace Money Mike. You know what I mean? Like, um, and again, the things that he's contributed, like their quotes, different things, sayings that people can say, and they're going to contribute. They're going to think of Cat Williams. Right. So I'm sure he may look at it like that way, you know? And then if we're being honest, they're all people. So it may just be some personal shit. You know what I'm saying? It may be the fact that he may have always kind of been like a wild card Maverick, like off on his own. And, you know, maybe they just run a different circle.
0: You know, it definitely feels personal. Uh, And in addition to that, it also feels like, like I'm going to tease out something you just said, right? These, all the, the three individuals that you mentioned are superstars. What I didn't like about kind of direction he was going in he kind of put this theory out there was that the only reason why they're successful are because one, like Kevin Hart's a plant or you had individuals willing to do things that I just wasn't going to do. Right. Like even throughout the course of the interview, he's talking about like, well, you know, people are part of the Illuminati and you had individuals that are, are giving out fellatios and all, all kinds of other different things. Yeah. Like,
1: and I didn't, about like,
0: yeah, I, I didn't like that aspect of the, because That kind of perpetuates this theory that's always being out there like, well, if individuals are doing well to like a Steve Harvey level or Kevin Hart level, it's because they were planted by an industry, by a secret society. And that's the only reason why they reached this commercial success, because they're doing all these other different, you know, unethical and flagrant things. And that's what their their success is being attributed by. Right. It's not because they're also funny as I am, because Cat Williams is funny. He's a legend. He is who he is. But he's saying, like you said, that commercial success is kind of like he puts that out there. And that kind of perpetuates the theory of, oh, well, they're only this successful because the industry wanted them to be there. Right. Kevin's only here because it's so and so. And then he talked about like, oh, well, Kev, the same roles that he blew up on. I had those scripts in front of me. I could have did that, but I didn't want to do that because I have. Higher standards, or whatever the case is. And so all of a sudden he comes in California and now he's doing the same rules and all the different things. So that's the part I didn't like, right? Like,
1: I know. Well, like I mean, the, I mean, the only one that, reason why successful. Listen, that part, like I said, when he sounded a little bit, what well, I a little bit, that can be interpreted as hating when he's talking about like their success, right? Now, where I have to agree with him is the stealing jokes part, right? Like, he's not the only person that has that has made accusations like that. If you look a couple of years ago, you remember the Joe Rogan, Carlos Men thing. You know what I mean? With the, and, and you got to be. I mean, I understand why they take that that serious. I understand why they would never forgive somebody for stealing jokes. It was um, controversy. Amy Schumer had the same issue at you, you know uh, recently. Right? Because again, especially if it's your art is something that you made and popularized. And and I don't know this for, for sure, but even how he describes it, it appears that Mark Curry is was like a, a mentor to him, or at least there's a relationship there. You know what I mean? And I figure it was probably a mentor because he's a Mark Curry's a older. But I remember hanging with Mr. Cooper, the show, right? So my point is if he's saying like, yo, some of these guys are stealing material from my Mark Curry. Right. One of the OGs, obviously he's going to take that personally, especially if that's his guy. Right. So he might've came in rightfully with a, with an ax to grind because he got inf- inside information on that. You know what I'm saying? And and again, I don't want to get too much in it. I don't know about the Illuminati stuff and the, and the, and the industry plant stuff, but even when he started talking about, I didn't see the whole interview. It was three hours. I didn't have time to see the whole thing. But there was a point where he was talking about sexual favors and money and all of this, right? And it may seem like he's bugging, right? But if we just think about the music industry, right? I don't know. I'm not a musician, but we've heard for years, right, that it's not uncommon. We've seen movies about all of this stuff, about producers and managers. And if you want to get on, this is what you're going to do, right? And all he's doing is putting it in another context where it's not necessarily an older man who has the record label that's that's telling a younger woman that they have to do something to get a deal. Right. He's saying that comedians go through the same thing. Because later on in the interview, he was talking about another instance where he was like, yo, if I see a comedian that did a good show, that does a good job, I'm going to give him some, you know, give him some money. And he made a joke about it, of course, but he was like, yeah, you don't have to do nothing to get it. So who knows if that's his experience of when he didn't have no opportunities, if, the, if, if, if somebody tried that on him or if he just saw it or if it's common knowledge in the field. You know what I mean? And it just sounds extreme to us. But, bro, it's not extreme because think about what Harvey Weinstein went to jail for. It's exactly what Cat Williams is saying, right? It's a producer that you can come in his office for a meeting and he'll come out naked and be like, yo, you want this role, right? What's the difference between that and somebody saying, yo, if you want to go on tour with me, if you want to open for me, if you want to write jokes for me, there's no difference. You want to write on my show, it's show business. So, I get it. You know, people can, sometimes the mouthpiece, like who is coming from might be, you know, might, might make the message be a little seem strange and because it's not our world, right. you know what I mean? But there's a lot of things that I hear because of my profession, right? That most people probably don't believe exist in mass in this world, but I know they exist fairly commonly, right? So we all have unique situations and niches like that where we, because we have the inside information, you know, we have a different perspective.
0: So two things, right. With that. I absolutely agree in regards to like the joke stealing because that happens in that industry. And so that's what I said, like feeling persecuted. If somebody is stealing your IP, right. Like if someone is taking the jokes and taking you know, not giving you credit or whatever the case may be in that particular industry. Like, again, there is some legitimacy to probably what he's talking about of what he experienced coming up, right? So, and, you know, of course, on social media, people are going to pull out vids, they're going to pull out the receipts. So absolutely, you saw the comparisons of his joke that he was referring to and, um, jokes from the Kings of the Comedy. Very similar, possibly, right? There might be some legitimacy or some validation to that because, again, someone's stealing your jokes and it blows up, whatever the case is, I get it. So he absolutely may be correct in what's taking place in regards to that. However, at the same time, we also have to understand that even if that's the particular joke that said took, right? And we don't know if that's the only joke or whatever the case may be. And even if, again, I loved Curry. I used to watch Hang With Mr. Cooper, PGIF, right? So I get it. And there was definitely a lot of similarities between mark curry situation and steve harvey right with the uh the steve harvey show and being set in the school and all kinds of different things so even if that was the case i get where he's coming from and i completely understand at the same time we're not going to sit here and say that like kevin hart steve harvey um said all of them weren't going to be successful because maybe if they did take a joke or they did borrow something like they still weren't going to be who they were right like i think that's also sometimes in some of the comments that I've been seeing that people are kind of running with that theory, like these individuals are still hard-working comedians and talented and legends in their own right. So I feel like they still would have would have been that even if they did take the jokes, which is still wrong in any any you know in, in any type of respect. But I feel like people have been running with that narrative. The other thing I get, like, if it's a situation where again, you're not gonna do like you said, some of those ill-gotten things that you're seeing, right? If that's what you're observing in that industry, because like we talked about, like the music comparison is, is a, I feel, it is, um, is an apt comparison. Because, again, you have situations where you have people in power taking advantage of situations. If you see a comedian, right, that's willing to take the role that you didn't want or is willing to do something that you didn't do because of your comedic integrity, I feel like all right. Well, that's kind of a live and let live situation, right? Like, if what he's saying is there's some uh, legitimacy to it, where he is like, yeah, I there was a role that was put in front of me. They wanted me to do this, but I didn't do it because I'm not whatever your values or integrity is. But then you saw somebody that came after you and they took the role and they and it blew up or worked out for them. It's kind of a situation where it's like. All right, you may feel a certain type of way because you didn't do it and this other person has become successful. But that's kind of similar to how it was in the music, right? Where people were like, I had that song first, but I passed on it. The person after me, it blew up for them, right? So it's like, if you didn't take the opportunity, you passed on it for whatever the case is, cool. But you still gotta let other people, I feel like, all right, if Kevin Hart came behind you and took a role, whatever the case may be, let's let that live. You gotta, you gotta eat that, right? Because you decided not to go that route. So you're doing fine in your own right. So that person,
1: see, I and all I have all. See, Cat Williams, I, I, he's not struggling. He don't seem like he's struggling financially. He nah, never right. heard of that. I right. would assume that he's wealthy, right? You know what I mean? He probably got millions with a couple of commas, whatever, double digit millions, right? Yeah. But again, we're projecting ourselves into their world, right? And in my mind, I think he's closer to Steve Harvey and said's age than Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart is significantly younger. So it's fair to assume that Cedric the Entertainer and Steve Harvey might be his peers, essentially, in terms of comedy, right? So, again, you're going to... We got to remember the time. Like, you're going to look at that different if... Think about the time, the 90s, 2000s, whatever. It's the golden age of hip-hop, right? Like, we not saying we're rediscovering, but certain elements of black art, right? There's a light being shined on them. We have deaf comedy jam, right? And then we have the golden era of hip hop, right? So there's a lot of people making money, a lot of opportunities, right? It's if, if Cat Williams is grinding as a comedian. They're all comedians. And he misses out on an opportunity that he feels he should have, right? And he feels like on the biggest stage of that moment, deaf comedy jam, like in all of these platforms, which the king of comedy, kings of comedy was kind of an extension of, right? Because I think it was Deaf Comedy Jam. it was something on Comic View. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but it was very limited when we talk about comics. It, you know, it was like three different places. I don't know if Byron Allen was involved in some way, you know, or if he had a show back then, but not to get all, off off topic, but Deaf Comedy Jam was, Russell Simmons was one of the platforms. So if you... Your career essentially hinged on making it to one of those platforms. I never saw Cat Williams on Apollo. I never saw him on Def Comedy Jam. I never so who knows if he had those relationships or not. Matter of fact, was Def Comedy Jam was in New York, right? Yeah. And Cat I, Williams is at Cat no, Williams is was no, you there All right. So whatever. My point is, it's fair to assume that making or breaking your career at that point was making it to one of those platforms. So how would you feel if you're those people's contemporaries? And let's say they make it to the platform and you see your joke on that platform. That's not something that you would ever let go of. of. Even after you get Friday, even after you got your own people, you're paying even after you're just as much of a household name as them. Right. In my humble opinion. Right. And the Kevin Hart thing, I can look at it as like a separate beef because we're just, Speculating here, but what I could see is we all know the rumors, right? Like Kevin Hart is very talented, I think he's funny, I went to see him live, all that. But the rumors, right? When we talk about the rumors and what people say in the magazine, they'll be like, Yo, Kev- Tevin- Kevin Hart does a different type of comedy, right? Yeah. It's like more of a um, you know, the dude from King of Queens, yeah, it's like that type of family, what they would call like dumbed down, that type of comedy, right? It's definitely more Right. So, so I could see Cat Williams saying, yo, I passed on all those scripts the same way all of us did or a lot of us did because we ain't doing those roles. You you understand? But, but again, right. If Kevin Hart does them and, and, and does his interpretation and makes it funny and people love it and want to go see him, you know what I'm saying? Then can you disparage him? No, but you can probably look at Cat Williams As somebody like Cat Williams and be like, yo, the same way rappers looked at Kanye West when his album came out, remember? Right. And then the world decided, we love Kanye. We always have. We was just flirting with you gangster rappers. We love him. But we love him too. So, but within the fields, you know what I'm saying? Kanye was on an island for a long time, right? Right. So maybe it's the same type of situation in terms of how he feels. Right. Um, but again, this is these are heavyweights that are, you know, uh, what's the name came out the other day? Most definitely said uh Drake music was shopping music. Yeah, right. Now now come on, we all know he's old man, get off my long guy at this point. He's a hip-hop legend, but when you make a comment like that, you're obviously, especially with the last album that just came out, right? You're obviously. Probably don't even live in the United States no more, and you're and you're totally disconnected from the hip hop culture when you make a comment like that, right? Right? But he made it, and it was most deaf, right? So, and it's a person that some people look at as a hip hop authority, right? So, but he made a ill informed comment like that. So, everybody has their perspective,
0: you know. Let me ask you this though, right? Because there were a few things that I, I couldn't let the bus go by. Right. That that cat talked about in the interview. Right. So there were there were some statements that he made that for me sounded very uh, grandiose and and delusional in nature. Right. So he was talking about um, how he was accepted to college at age seven. Mm -hmm. He read the entire encyclopedia at age five or six, Um, three thousand books that he read a year when he was eight eight to 12 years old and they were all non-fiction books and he was very serious he wasn't saying this in a very comical memory he, was very he said serious.
1: that in the in the interview
0: yeah he said that in the interview that he was accepted at college at age seven and read the entire encyclopedia five right now uh again you know and i know based on human development right child physiology and this this is excluding individuals that may be on the spectrum because individuals you know they some individuals on the spectrum do encompass a uh, a savant like ability in certain areas of uh you know academic uh, abilities but uh yeah I got to call BS on that and he was very he was he was dead ass he was serious about that about being accepted to college and reading the entire encyclopedia.
1: Ain't I didn't see none. I mean, I, ain't see, I didn't see none of this, so I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just man. know. Listen, man,
0: he was serious. Like I, I was, I was waiting for the punchline, but he was, he was really serious. With that. And it's, a lot of people tend to like move past that portion of the interview where he was talking about it. Um, and I'm like, come on, like because I feel like that speaks to, you know, your your credibility. If you're going to say things like that, then why should people believe you about um, other different aspects that you're talking about? Right. All these other different statements and assertions that you're making. If you're going to be serious and said that you read the encyclopedia at five and not, you know, and I know that that's not. Right. It's not a thing. Yeah, But he <laughs> I, could be exaggerating. Man, listen, he could be
1: exaggerating. You know, he could have read a child's encyclopedia. I mean, who knows?
0: Man. Listen, Accepted the college at seven, Jay. He said he what? You got accepted the college at seven. That's what he said. He said.
1: Then, then his IQ will have to be like a, you know, like a genius, right? At seven? I get it, man. But you know, (laughs) and he was dead, (laughs) Jay. But no, I mean, listen, listen. It's strange. I mean, it's it's strange. That's what I'm looking for. That's
0: what I'm saying. It's very strange. I thought that was very strange for him to say. Um, for him to be very serious. Cause he, he mentioned it even in a couple follow up interviews. Um, and I just I just found that kind of be very bizarre.
1: But it's probably more to the story, man, because like I was interested to find out when I was listening. He said he had like eight adopted children or something like that. But that's true.
0: He does. I he even talked about that for years. I I remember seeing right, so it years and years my, ago when um he was at the Borgata in AC and he talked about he adopted like a lot of kids. Um so that's all oh, that's true. But so adopted, my
1: thing is he can
0: afford uh, that though. What he can afford that—that's different than no.
1: I understand, but he can afford to to take to support them financially. But the way he was talking, you know what I mean. He don't. It doesn't seem like he's a part-time parent. So if he adopted all of those children, even if what you're saying is true, they're his adopted children. So Cat Williams can't just send his assistant to go fill out paperwork and go pick up the kids. He got to go. That that's a very, you know, strenuous, long process. You got to go through psychological, you know, you know the 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 deal. So my point is, yo, I talk I talk to people all the time about the fact that yo is ain't no diagnosis for somebody being quirky, right? And I know he might have have had, you know, run-ins or uh, um, whatever you want to call it incidents where. I don't, I don't think he's ever been hospitalized against his will, but where he's checked himself in somewhere, ain't, not, ain't not, nothing against that. There's nothing wrong with that. People do that all the time when they have stress. And from what I've seen, like online, I was trying to look as we was talking, he ain't never said he had no diagnosed mental health disorder, you know? So I understand there's a lot of smoke because there's a lot going on. The same way he always say, yo, 14 felonies, no convictions or whatever, right? There's a lot going on, right? Um, but there, maybe there's a lot to the story we we don't know as well, right? Because, like I said, if he's a father to seven children, adopted father, like you know that, like he can't be this crazy. Not I don't mean crazy, but you know what I mean. This unstable person, you know, um, all the time that we that that sometimes we get to see a lot of, right? Maybe. You know, um, maybe some of the times that we've seen him, he was going through things, you know? possibly. Awesome. And if we're being honest, even if he has, you know, some type of mental health, you know, uh, diagnosis, again, he's allowed to have crises. And it, it, it won't necessarily take away from him being a great parent. Right. So, you know, because people can get off their medication and he maybe he get filmed when he's off his medication. People taking advantage of him. Who knows? You know, so. his his kids might say, yo, you know, he's a great parent, you know? Um, And again, I don't even know that he takes, I don't know any of that, but I'm just saying like, you know, we don't know. There's a lot that we don't know. You know what I mean? And if he's doing all of these things, he's managed to keep his career together. He's managed to, we don't hear about him necessarily going bankrupt. He has seven kids he takes care of. He was talking about how successful they are, you know? So I don't have any reason to assume you know that some of the times that we've seen him, you know, just he just wasn't at his best moments. You know what I mean? But I can't say that there's something wrong. There was there's something wrong with him. You know? I mean, yeah, I mean, you know.
0: Very eccentric uh, and bizarre statements, but we'll see, man. We'll see. Yeah. Definitely, uh, the year of exposure, as they're calling it, 2024. Right? That's what they're saying. Int-
1: yeah,
0: but staying with. um entertainment in hollywood all right so right before the end of the year uh taraji p henson was in the process or in the middle of um uh, doing a promotion for um the color purple and so in one of the interviews her and the cast were doing uh she started talking about uh the pay disparity between herself um and other um you know uh Hollywood paid actor, you know, predominantly, you know, white And she was talking about the paid disparity between um them, her counterparts, and African American uh females. So play a little quick excerpt real quick. And she became uh pretty emotional um during the uh during the interview where she was talking about it.
3: To say you're thinking about getting, stopping acting. We said, stop talking. Mm. Are you thinking about it? Um, mm. Mm. I'm just tired of working so hard, being gracious at what I do getting paid a fraction of the cost. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of hearing my sisters say the same thing over and over. Um, you get tired. I hear people go, you work a lot. Or yes. well, have to. The math ain't mathin'. Mm-hmm. And when you start working a lot, you know, you have a team. Mm-hmm. Big bills come with what we do. We don't do this alone. The mm-hmm. fact that we're up, is a whole entire team behind That's us. Right. <laughs> They have to get paid so when you hear someone saying oh such-and-such such made 10 million dollars No, that's not that that didn't make it to their account mm-hmm. know that off the top Uncle Sam is getting 50% yes, right. Okay, mm-hmm. so do the math mm-hmm. now we have 5 million mm-hmm. Your team is getting 30% or whatever your team is getting, off of what you grossed Sometimes not more. after what Uncle Sam took now do the math
2: mm-hmm.
3: so I just, I'm I'm, a, I'm only human, and, and mm-hmm. it seems every time I do something and I break a, another glass ceiling, when it's time to renegotiate, I'm at the bottom again, mm-hmm. like I never did what I just did, mm-hmm. and I'm just tired. tired. Mm, yeah. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I get that. I get that. It wears on you, you know? Because mm-hmm. what does that mean? Mm-hmm. What is that telling me? What is it telling me? Yeah. And what does it tell me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. And if I can't fight for them coming up behind me, then what the fuck am I doing? I'm sorry. Yeah, I mm. yeah, no, don't apologize. <laughs> don't apologize. I I think it's an important message for people to hear because we see the lights, camera, action, yep, yep, and yep. then and they tell so me we don't yes. translate overseas. Yeah, yep. yeah. I'm tired of hearing that my entire career. Mm -hmm. Twenty-plus years in the game, and I hear the same thing, and I see what you do for another production, and when it's time for us to go to bed, you don't have any money. Mm -hmm. They play in your face. Mm -hmm. And I'm just Mm -hmm. supposed to smile and grin and bear it and just keep, like, Mm -hmm. enough is enough. That's why I have other things. I have my TPH brand, I have my mental wellness. I have other things because... This industry, if you let it, mm-hmm. it'll steal your soul. Mm. But I refuse to let that happen. Yes.
0: Mm. Taraji this- P. talking about uh, the the pay disparity in Hollywood. Um, and this is not a new uh, conversation. Um, Viola Davis, uh, or Viola, Viola Davis, has talked about it um, in the past, and this also. While she was um doing the promo, you know, of course, this activated a lot of conversation and kind of rumors, talking that there was issues between her and Oprah and how they were being paid or color Purple and so on and so forth. Um, and then you know, her and Oprah made up or whatever the case may be. Um, but it just brought the light a uh. A oh, large... she
1: was saying that Oprah didn't pay enough.
0: I mean, again, that's what people started to speculate because she was talking about it on while she's doing promo for that and then when the, the reporter asked the question um so people naturally started to speculate like oh well you you're you're doing you just did the color purple you're not getting compensated fairly for the color purple blah blah blah, right. blah. and then you know so you know how these things grow right now i think since time has passed uh her and oprah have i guess they squashed her they had a conversation but
1: at the time was she saying oprah ain't paying well either?
0: It appeared that way. I don't think she ever came out and actually said Oprah is not paying me, but you know, she's talking about it overall and it wasn't like she didn't exclude it. Right. She just said there's, this is what's going on. And she didn't say like, Oh, not this project. I'm being, everything's cool, but just overall. So do you see what I mean? That's what kind of led to that speculation. Um, So yeah, let's, let's get some perspective on that. Jay, Based off of what Taraji said and kind of the ongoing conversation, uh, you know, what's your take?
1: I mean, I I would have to ask you a, another question first before, because I, I, so who is she, because I heard some of it, right? And then I knew it was in the news. And I know 50 was kind of weighed in on it. He was talking about, yo, I got Mary J. Blige paid and all of this, right? Who is she saying because she was saying, they're saying we don't have the appeal overseas, right? So is she, is she talking about, like, big Hollywood companies and African-American actors? Yeah. No, or I, actors of color?
0: I think she's, yeah, actors of color. That's been something that she said has been told. I've heard and read about that also. A lot of times they say that African-American... um Especially in particular African American women, but they say they don't translate well overseas in regards to like money, right? In regards to residuals or putting people coming to see the movie. So they'll say, like I remember um what's my man's name? The a- actor um uh John David Washington, you know, Denzel son. Mm-hmm. When he did tenant, right? And he's the main character, right? He is the leading role. I don't think they had him on promo out there when they when they were like Advertising the movie um, overseas, right, and that's what they they're saying is that they don't translate well over there, right? Especially oh, okay. African American women. That's what I think she was speaking to. Is okay. that um, they're saying that they don't translate well over there, and that's why they're not getting the equal pay, or that's why their pay isn't that.
1: So gotcha. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So now right. it makes sense. Okay. Okay. All right. So generally over there. All right. So it's like Oprah kind of just got caught in the crossfire on that. Sounds like it. Sounds like Because it. I, because that, because my question was about to set, was about to be like, it, it, because I was going to say, because the first thing I was going to say is like, well, is it an issue of like, how the industry or the companies are looking at how they think, right? Like we're going to translate overseas or what the data is telling them, whatever they're using. Or is it just they're getting lowball? Because I, because I was going to say like, well, what's Tyler Perry paying? What is Oprah paying people? 50 got a movie company, you know, all these, what are they, are they saying that the salaries are just lower or, or they're projecting for the movie. And they're like, yo, I'm going to give you a hundred thousand because overseas it's probably not going to sell. And I'm going to give her 500 or a million because over, because she, because again, she referenced the budget too. She was like, then they say they don't have no money. You know, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, She's saying they're giving us a low salary and then a low budget to promote it. And then it does, and then I guess it doesn't really do well. And she starts to start over.
0: Well, here's my thing, right? Here's kind of been my take. And I don't know if this is the, the most popular, but I put some of the responsibility on us, not even just overseas, but over here in America. Like there's a metric, right? That's also used. Like uh the budget or certain actors are going to get paid more because their movies or whenever they star in movies, people come out and go see it. Right. So right. they're the driving force. People are going to go see a movie based off of who the actors or the actresses are. And what I've noticed is that not a lot of people, like even our own folks, right. This is where I feel like the responsibility falls on us um, is that we're not going to go see her movies, right? If you look at <laughs> of the movies that she starred in, like I even did a little research, like before COVID, um she was the leading actress in um in 2019 in What Women Want, right? That grossed 54 million, right? The whole time in the movie theater. Um, she was in another movie 2018, Acrimonies, that made 43
1: million. That was a Tyler Perry movie. That was, that was pretty yeah, good. A
0: Tyler Perry movie, right? 43 million. Now, if we're talking about other different Tyler Perry movies, right, in comparison, Medea Halloween, 73 million. Right? Medea's family uh, family funeral, that was in 2019, 73 million. The Equalizer, Denzel Washington, 102 million. That was in 2018. Creed, two and, the first Creed and the second Creed, both over 100 million. So it's a situation. Okay. Where are we going out and supporting her? Like, same thing with Viola Davis. Viola Davis has been talking. When she was in before COVID hit, she was in the movie Widows, right? Where she's the main actress, leading actress only made $42 million, right? And that was like an action film. So you got to look at it like if we're not supporting her, they're like, there's a, there's some culpability, I feel like, on us as the community not going out and supporting her, right? Like, we love Taraji. We love all that situation. Like We love she's a great actress, been around for years. But when she comes out and she's leading in a movie, like, are we rushing to go see it? I don't think that's always the case. So... Yeah, I, I mean, it's, yeah, maybe it's not
1: always the case. Yeah, I think... Both things can be true, though, because there's definitely some truth to what she's saying because she's not the only one saying it. Right. And I remember when Tyler Perry was talking about. Cecily Tyson, remember, he had did a movie with Cecily Tyson. and I think he did. Why did I I think it was Why Did I Get Married? But yeah, I don't remember Yeah. year like the first but, early drinks. Right. But he paid her a million to work for a day. He paid her a million for a day. And they asked him, you know, this is the legendary Cesar Tyson, why he paid her a million. She won an Oscar. I don't remember what year. It was the 70s, I think. Right? But he was like, they only paid her six grand for it, for the role. Right? So he was like, he wanted to offer her some security. So it's in the same, obviously, they're not in the same stratosphere. And I'm not trying to suggest that. But what I'm saying is the same impact, right, in terms of him feeling that her as an actress had been undercompensated so many times that he wanted to, you know, provide her with some security. So I'm sure she's talking about you know some of the same things. Now, yeah. remember Terrence Howard did an interview where he was saying he's getting ready to sue um the people for hustle and flow because he got 20, he got 12 grand for doing the role, yeah. right? Um, like yo, we've heard about. Damn, some of the stories from The Rock, right? Steve Harvey, about how much they got paid for these roles, right? Um, who's the dude? Uh, damn, I think the guy that went to Howard. Um, I don't know why. Chadwick Boseman, right? Didn't Denzel pay for his his uh, acting lessons and right? So my my point is like all of these people, right? You know for these entry level roles that there's not a lot of compensation to either get in the industry, stay in the industry. And it really just seems like a lot of other things, kind of like the music industry, right? Where it's like the people at the top are going to have really big, really lucrative record com- uh, contracts. And the majority of the people doing music are getting paid a thousand dollars a show and they're popular in their neighborhood town or whatever to the, you know, like they're underground grinding. So I understand what she's saying. I just wonder how common it is, you know? Um, and I know, again, there's definitely probably, um, I'm sure there's a racial component to it because the representation problem in Hollywood is there from the start, right? So I know there is a cultural and racial component to it, but it's just interesting, right? Because Terrence Howard said the same thing. Yeah, no, it's,
0: it's, you know? it's unfortunate. Um, I What did, um Viola Davis said that she's tired of hearing that, oh, like I keep being labeled or called the the black Meryl Street, but you're not willing to pay me Meryl Street money. Right. Right. And she that's a very fair, um, that's a fair assessment because it's like, yo, I am one of the premier actresses, black, white, whatever the the ethnicity, but you're not compensating me for my talent. The other folks, right? And it's almost like it's a double um pay disparity because if you look at it, even the women in Hollywood are not getting paid what the white male, what the white men are getting paid, right? So they're right. getting paid for. It, and then you got the, you got know to be the people of color. And then you got, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, you know, they're in a, even a lower tier. And absolute. like I, I feel like it, it's half, like there's, there's some gatekeeping. There's definitely a racial component to it. And then I believe that we have to do our part, right? Like we have to be that popular. We have to show the power of our dollar and go out and support these things. A lot of times, you know, just kind of generally speaking, we don't go unless it's a certain type of movie, right? Action movie, maybe a comedy movie. Like some of the comedians, it's a little different. Um, but you got these are actresses and actors, right? They're not going up there to the tell jokes. They're going for drama films. They're going for other different things. Um, like I don't even know how much the color purple made. Like I think the last, when I last checked, it made like 44 or maybe 48 million. And that was like after the first three or four weeks. So, like, are we going out and supporting?
1: A lot of people supported it though. It was like it was like a cultural event on Christmas. So,
0: you know, listen, you people was wearing
1: purple.
0: I mean, you'd be surprised, bro. Like people will wear color purple. Did you ask them like, yo, did you go see it? And they'd be like, nah. Or like, oh now I saw it on the fire stick, right? Or I did
1: this. I mean, yo, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't see it, but I saw the did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. I saw the first one though. So I mean,
0: I... so here's the thing, you know, it's different than and I, anybody gonna go see it, like it's it's good anybody going to go see it i just i just have to caution you that it's not like the, the first movie it's based off the play okay okay that's why big,
1: there. that's why i wasn't interested yeah you go
0: in there you're going to see some singing there's gonna be a lot of singing in there you're gonna be like yo what's all this right it's not like the first movie it's based off the color purple of play that's why oh okay. but it's good actresses good actors in it um i do feel like again they absolutely need to resolve that issue and pay the Taraji, pay the Viola Davises, pay um, all the actresses that have been in the game and have done so many different roles. Um, at The Octavia Spencers, they need to pay them, you know, what they're worth. And the other side of it is that we got to go out and support, right? Like, we got to show the power of our dollar because we can't just always just show up just for the Tyler Perry movies because we'll come out for those. Listen, bro, like, I remember when Tyler Perry was first coming out because I was seeing those. I'm doing right around the block opening weekend. And that's yeah, how he started to build because he capitalized off that audience. The audience went and
1: supported him. Yo, but so, Acrimonia or whatever was a Tyler Perry movie too. She was in a bunch of ta- Yo, Taraji was bro, in a bunch I mean, of Tyler he, Perry movies. He, but bro. forty
0: three is lower on his scale of I, movies. Yo,
1: I, I understand what you're saying, but it's not, yo, to me, it's not a clean comparison because of the simple fact that if you say that, then you got to go back to the Cat Williams interview because Tyler Perry has a very specific niche. I don't enjoy Tyler Perry. <laughs> no. I'm going to be very honest. I don't enjoy Tyler Perry films because I don't find him funny. Like to, to me, I'm being honest, there's nothing funny about him putting on an obese suit, a dress and a wig and 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 sounding like a stereotypical grandmama or like Aunt Jemima or something or somebody's mammy right it's it's almost the the, the character is almost insulting right but like but like you just said hold on bro hold on i'll let you talk but like i like you just said the line is wrapped around the block but cat that's what cat williams was talking about when he was saying yo they're not gonna put me in a dress right because it was the same amount of controversy with big when martin did big mama's house and and he was trying to use it to disparage Ricky Smiley for putting on the dress. Right. So my whole point is a lot of people will tell you that those movies have the interest, not even because of the art, but because of that extreme element. I agree. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and if you look at, honestly, if you look, you gotta look, you, you gotta even look at who's, even amongst the, the culture, who's supporting that. Cause I, I didn't go see multiple Tyler Perry movies. I didn't go see any, bro. I saw a couple of the plays when a long time ago when it was on VHS because my mother had them. And I was like, nah, I'm good with that. I want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you understand? Not not saying like that, but no, I, no. I was amazed when Tyler Perry got a contract for a movie. I was like, yo, everybody's interested in this. This is what's funny. Medea goes to jail. Medea goes. Uh, shopping, Medea goes trick or treating. Everything, bro. So again, hey, if we can go out and support that. We gotta go support the Taraji. Then, then but that then. ain't. I, I get. it. I you don't want to go. Yo, see you. Yo, yeah, look. Uh, I get it. Yeah. Support Taraji. Support Taraji. Support <laughs> Vi- <laughs> Support all of them. Yeah. You know but, I, mean? but my whole point is, I think Tyler Perry, like yo, that whole you gotta look at that different because he has a very. I could just. I'm just leave it there that's a very particular niche and thing that he's doing to attract attention to himself in his movies right yeah. and some people i don't know how spike lee feels about it he probably respects him as a businessman maybe but i don't know how he feels about it but maybe beaver. maybe beefing yeah. but but to me it's di- it's a different type of art you know what i mean you can't put tyler perry john singleton spike lee all in the same room like nah bro <laughs> Nah, <laughs> nah, man. <laughs> hey, whatever. All
0: right, yeah. Listen, man. Um, shout out to Taraji. Uh, please go out and support. Uh, we absolutely it's something that needs to be
1: resolved. Um, Jay, yeah, I love her, man. She's one of my favorites. You know.
0: Listen, man, that's her. She's she's her. She's her. Very talented. Very talented. I think we would all. It would be. It would be sad if she were to choose to walk away. Because she's such, she's so talented, and she's brought so much, um, she brings so much value to the in- entertainment industry. But I get her frustrations. I hear her, and I, I don't blame her, um, because it seems like as she's saying, what she's putting in, she's not getting out. Um, anything else before we get out of here? Good, bro.
1: No, nah, man, I'm good, man. You're, you brought us <laughs> that. <up. laughs> Almost got you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I can't. (laughs) I can't, bro. (laughs) Oh, man. Appreciate everybody tuning
0: in. Jay, until next time, man, good mental health, good bro. (laughs) All
1: right, bro. All right.